Hi, everybody. Welcome to the KPRC Two Sports Podcast, episode number five. I'm Sports Director Randy McAvoy, alongside Ari Alexander, KPRC Two Sports anchor, reporter, and we're with you for the next uh, oh, 10 minutes or so, 10, 12 minutes, because the big news today has been the news coming down from the league, uh, Ari involving Deshaun Watson, 11-game suspension and fined five million dollars, and uh, it's the largest uh, fine delivered to an NFL player in history. Uh, uh, what's your thoughts coming out now? Are you surprised it went to that? Did you think it would be a full game, full season? I thought it, it was going to be a full season, but it seems like uh, as we've been kind of hearing what's going to happen, that the NFL sort of split the baby. They went in between what many thought was not enough of a suspension of six games, which was similar to other suspensions uh, that had happened over the past few years, uh, to a full season would be a lot. And that's not just like an opinion thing. It's just there's such a difference between you're going to get four games, you're going to get six games uh, of all these different suspensions, and then suddenly going to 17 versus what precedent was in the league. And so I think what they did is they came together and they split it down the middle. 11 is a significant enough amount of games to make a statement. Yep. They add the they add the $5 million fine, which is, I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the same fine the Astros got for their 2017 That's right. Scandal. It actually was, yep. Yeah, and that's a team getting fined. That. So Deshaun is, as a player, as a yeah. single player, getting fined $5 million. So that's the statement that I think the NML, uh, NFL wanted to make was, here's 10-plus games. We believe this is a significant amount of games. Here's a $5 million fine, which precedent around other sports leagues, that's a significant fine. Mm-hmm. We believe from the NFL side that we are giving you a big suspension. There's, I think, going to be plenty of people that don't believe that it's enough. We're going to talk more about it right now. Let's listen in to some comments from Deshaun Watson, who addressed the media not long after the news came out, and also KPRC2 legal analyst Brian Weiss. I feel like through this whole process, we've been trying to tell my side of the story, um, but a lot of people wasn't able to or didn't really pay too much attention to it, but one day we will. Whether or not he's ever able to put this behind him in the court of public opinion, a much tougher question. But Deshaun Watson knows that the rest of his football career and his life, in very real part, begins today. All right, so Deshaun spoke with the media for probably about 10 minutes, Ari, and Never really apologized. He, he, one statement he made was that he wants to come out and one day, whenever that is, tell his side of the story. And he felt like his side, he made a statement that his side really wasn't heard and, uh, or believed, for that matter. And uh, that he feels like in, in due time he's going to come out and tell his side of the story. But he did mention he apologized for all those that were affected. He didn't specifically mention anyone involving the lawsuits or anything like that, but he said people in general that have been affected during this, uh, what, nearly two-year process to get to this point. Yeah, I mean, for on, for Deshaun's side, this is a PR strategy, and what is in his best interest is basically for this thing to go away, which right. it probably won't. Uh, there were other players that had similar style allegations, guys like Ben Roethlisberger, and even though for the most part it wasn't discussed day-to-day, it never really went away. And so I think that's something that's going to follow Deshaun Watson throughout his career. Yeah. And whenever he does want to tell his side, I don't see that happening until he's long after done playing. Uh, but yeah. in terms of strategy from the prosecution side, no, they didn't go to court. Yes, they settled all of these, however many of these 20-plus cases. But from a, uh, a standpoint of 
uh, on character uh, assassination to some degree, that proved effective from the prosecution side because mm-hmm. now Deshaun is tied to these allegations forever. And doesn't matter what he does on the field, he could throw for 4,000 yards, he could win, he could go to the Super Bowl with the Browns. That is always going to linger. And so I think that uh, to some degree, maybe they wanted to go to court, they wanted to win, they got settlements. I think that part of it had the desired effect from the prosecution side mm-hmm. that you're now never going to forget that this is something that is tied to Watson. Yeah, I think everywhere he goes, I mean, you heard it when he had the preseason opener, and right. I think that's just the beginning when he does come back in November. Speaking of which, uh, when the suspension ends, how about this drama? He's going to be able to return on the field after their bye week, I believe, and their first game following their bye week. How about this? NRG Stadium against the Texans. First game back. Can't wait to cover that. That's must-see TV right there, man. I don't think that's an accident. The NFL <laughs> yeah, knows yeah I kind of think the NFL had maybe some influence on that yeah, because, because 11, it needs to be a nationally televised game is what it needs to be done. 11 games is a really specific number, right? <laughs> do they ever do, other than like, let's say, one or three, Right. do they ever suspend guys for an odd number of games? It's yeah, always that, that four, was kind of unique. Yeah. Six, eight, whatever. I think it's on purpose. I think the NFL is trying to create drama. Deshaun's going to be suspended for his 11 games. He's going to have the bye week and get prepared. And then what could or should have been a 12-game suspension just for the sake of even numbers is not going to be. And then he's going to come back playing against in the town where he was drafted by Mm. against a team that he refused to play for and then created a massively distractive situation for a year and a half and then was traded away, and that's going to be his first game back. I do not believe that that was not on purpose. Uh, I believe the fans will be – it doesn't matter what the Texans' record's going to be at that point. Uh, fans will be there early. Yep. They'll be tailgating. They'll be making their way in, and it is going to be a, a sight to see there. November 13th, I believe. I got the date right there at NRG Stadium. So, uh, Sam Watson, 11-game suspension, $5 million fine. So, into the road. We hope it, there's nothing else that develops out of this. Hopefully it's over and uh, they can move on, but uh, definitely it's going to linger for the next uh, couple of months as he sits out and uh, waits till he can return. Now, sp- let's talk a little Texans while we've got everybody today. Uh, Texans, uh, midway point of their preseason schedule out of just three games, are going to L.A. facing the Rams. I don't know about you. I want, want you to weigh in, too. Uh, I need to see more of the starters, and it sounds like Lovey – indicated that he would not commit though to how much so I don't I don't know if we'll see him for a quarter like some of the regular guys a half maybe into the second half maybe see how the team reacts coming out of a halftime break but I definitely need to see more of the starters and I need to see a lot more of Damian Pierce out there in that backfield yeah I think we saw some of the starters in the first game because Jalen Petrie is probably going to start right Jonathan Owens who also had a nice game he's probably Mm going to start so your safety backfield is sort of set and then Mm -hmm. I think we saw enough of Damian Pierce to be able to say this guy even if he doesn't start even if Marlon Mack is kind of the ceremonial starter there's no way Damian Pierce isn't got to get him out there significant carries for the Texans right Mm -hmm. the Texans are likely going to be trailing in games and throwing the ball but if you get down inside the 20, Damian Pierce, big bruiser, he might get enough touchdowns to justify putting him in your lineup in fantasy. Absolutely. And then, Why not, man? You know? When you have guys like that that are fantasy viable players on bad teams, it raises their profile and they kind of become little celebrities in their own little just because they had some sort of fantasy. Look like James Conner last year. 
is in the grand scheme of things, is James Conner a big name player? Not really. 18 touchdowns last year for the Cardinals. He's this huge fantasy option, and then he, he kind of gets mm-hmm. a bigger profile. I think that's going to happen with Damian Pierce. And then when you go to the uh, the defensive side of the ball, I want to see Jonathan Grenard. I want to see some of these young guys, yeah. Stingley. It'd be really nice to see Stingley and see what he can do because there was a practice last week. He went one-on-one with Brandon Cooks, who has been torching everyone in practice, and he picked it off. Absolutely. I, uh, he can play. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I heard about it that he – yeah, you know, he's he's going to be a shutdown guy. People just need to see it firsthand, and I think we'll see him actually a little bit. My guess is we're going to see him a little bit against the Rams. I don't think it's going to be extended. I think they're still trying to be careful with him. Right. Uh, I just want some playing time for him. I don't want opening week against the Colts to be really the breakout day for Stingley. I want to make sure they can make sure he tests everything and that he's ready for that season opener. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. to see how he responds. He's had a number of injuries over the past couple of years with LSU after he had that incredible season uh, as a freshman mm-hmm. and they're trying to t- play it safe which is fine because this is a multi-year rebuild you don't need Derek Stingley right now to win a Super Bowl you just want him healthy and, and learning and growing right. and turning into the kind of player that you drafted uh, I think that and I know it's super early and these guys have yet to play a real NFL snap for the most part it kind of looks like the draft went well these guys yeah it did they're competing yeah. for jobs mm-hmm. they're high up on the depth chart they look good Jalen Petrie is a second round pick is probably going to start and he looks good Damian Pierce is a fourth round pick running back he might start he looks good Harris has been good he's been dinged up a little bit but yeah, he's been good and Kenyon Green's coming back yeah, to coming practice back. at least now I don't know Lovey didn't say a lot the other day so I don't know if we'll actually see Kenyon in this game but he just came back to practice from the dealing with a concussion but you know he's going to be a starter if he's yeah he's got to, for this offensive line I think to do what they need to do and I don't know how consistent they can be if they're if they got the personnel they need across the board yet but if they're going to do anything positive they got to have green a part of that lineup yeah I mean the center part of the the offensive line has been a struggle for the past couple of years yeah. the tackles seem like they're set I mean mm-hmm. they're one of the best left tackles in Laramie Tunsil in the game you have Titus Howard, who fits really well at right tackle. When he's played at right tackle alongside Tunsil at left, he's been pretty good. He's not blowing you away, an amazing offensive lineman, but he's a solid solid player. It's just that interior, because guys like Max Sharping are not going to be a long-term player. Mm -hmm. you got to have Kenyon Green in there. Britt is fine, but obviously, you know, getting toward 10 years in his career, not going to be Mm long-term. But for the most part... It seems like Nick Casario hit on all these so far so good the early yep. part of the draft because you don't yep. know with six seventh rounders what they're going to become. Yeah, but Christian Harris looks fine. Petrie looks good. Stingley looks like he's going to turn into a guy. Mechie, of course, is out for the year, but long term, you're looking at a guy who who played really well at Alabama. So far, if you're a Texans fan, yeah. and I know there's not going to be all that much exciting stuff this season. Long term, it looks pretty good. We will find out as we inch closer to opening day, September 11th. Uh, real quick, let's listen in to a quick comment uh, from head coach Lovey Smith. Getting some guys back. Kenyon Green was able to uh, get back into full uh, speed work. We're going to play some of the guys uh, a little bit more, uh, but the third preseason game is when we'll play the guys the most. All right, so Lovey and the Texans in L.A. Uh, they will play. It's a late start central time, 9 o'clock on Friday night. And then they'll turn around and wrap up the preseason slate uh, next Thursday at NRG Stadium when they take on the uh, San Francisco 49ers. I would expect the starters to play extended time in that one, too. And then you got a little bit of a uh, 
period there before that opening game on September 11th at home against the, the Colts. So uh, busy sports week for football news. Deshaun Watson's suspension now official and the, the Texans getting ready as well. So as always, we appreciate you listening in and watching the KPRC 2 Sports Podcast, Episode 5. We will do it every week. Different topics between me, Ari, and Chancellor Johnson, and occasionally some special guests as well. So make sure you join us every week. It'll drop on Fridays at 1230, and then live on clicktohouston.com and also on KPRC2+. So, so long for now. For Ari Alexander, I'm Randy McAvoy. We will talk to you again next week.